This was recorded live on our Cults and Satanic Panic show, March 9th, 2023. You can check out Cults and the Satanic Panic every Thursday on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Media. Enjoy the interview. Did you know that Hollywood has been eating our kids? They do hunger games down there. They do adoption and they eat people. Let me drop some science on Scientology. Elron Hubbard's weird sci-fi philosophy. They cloud theology and top secrecy. Technology, mythology, and no apology. 1952 was when it all began. Started on a bet by a frustrated man. His books weren't selling, so Elron thought fast. He started his own religion and make a lot of cash. Alien rulers, past lives, tone scales, copywritten text, and scary emails. Shutting up the critics, core battles left and right. Mysterious deaths in the middle of the night. Personality tests. Meters narking on Times Square recruitment from dusk to dawn. All this from the guy who wrote Battlefield Earth. Submission for a feel of see what your soul's worth. There's a place in Florida where you got friends. What help you present if you give us those ends? Party at the church in Scientology. Don't call it a cult, you just don't understand. Write us a check and take our hand. Party at the church in Scientology. Actors are a target for their army of elite. They feed their self-esteem and make them feel complete. They mess with their minds, just look at Tom Cruise, jumping on the couch during Oprah's interviews. John Travolta fights Satan's in his Florida estate, piloting his plane, Dianetics books on tape. Bet counts past lives in a temple in Bel Air, Katie Holmes stays home and plays pregnant solitaire. Isaac Hayes still pays to reach that upper level state, but left South Park when they hated on his face. Sonny Bolo made donations, should have bought better skis, Dougie Fresh frequents haters on the mic as EMCs. Juliette Lewis, Jason Lee and Shaka Khan, because of Elrond, all their money is gone. Shikaria, Kirstie Alley, and Nancy Cartwright host weekly prayer circles on the UFO headlines. Once you step into the temple, your troubles will be gone. We'll get you back on track, everybody sing along. Party at the church in Scientology. Don't listen to the lies, you know they're all are true. So why not come right down, cause we're waiting for you. Party at the church in Scientology. So that's Scientology, P-S-E-U-D-O, R-E-L-I-G-I, when you've heard so now you know. They drain your cash fast, so as long as you agree, you can put a price on freedom when it's coming COD. Okay, they ruin lives, and it sounds like science fiction. What about Noah's Ark, Jesus, and the crucifixion? Faith is subjective, you can't say who's right or wrong, though I'll probably end up missing just for writing this song. Hey, did you guys hear that the Easter Bunny's bringing Bigfoot to the meeting tonight? Welcome to Cults in the Satanic Panic. We have something a little different for the first hour tonight. We have an interview with Fearful Jesuit of Paranoid Strain. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. This happened pretty quickly. Usually when I try to get an interview with somebody, it takes weeks or even a couple months to happen. And you're like, no, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the Satanic Panic and I want to do it now. <laughs> and I appreciate well, your enthusiasm. <laughs> well, your timing was excellent because I just got done with um, what ended up um, my, my show is done in half hour segments every couple of weeks that eventually turn into one big long show <clears throat> when I finish them. So um, I'm about 20 episodes into 
what will eventually be like a probably a 20 it probably a uh, uh, like a 14 15 hour single show when i put it out as one piece on the origins of QAnon, and i ended up doing something like three and a half hours just on the origins and impacts of the satanic panic which to my mind uh, like directly leads into QAnon and a lot of their um biggest uh crazy ideas yeah before we get started can you tell everybody a little bit about the paranoid strain oh sure um so i've been doing this show since about 2017, um, <clears throat> I happened to launch a conspiracy theory show right as the world went nuts. Um, I'm not sure how I got that timing down, but um, essentially, um, I uh, think of my show as a show that explains conspiracy theories and their popularity and the mindset of conspiracy theorists to normal people. So um, if you've wondered why the guy down the street from you believes such batshit weird stuff. Um, I'm your guy. And so, um, I just sort of take a topic and wring all of the juice out of it over the course of however long that takes. And then, uh, then move on to the next one. So I did about a year on the history of secret societies, which are, uh, really, that's kind of like the basic curriculum for understanding a lot of conspiracy theories. And, uh, this year, like I said, I'm doing the origins and impact of QAnon. And I think the next big series, I'm going to do a little bit on, uh, uh, music conspiracies like Paul is dead and that kind of thing just as a palate cleanser. But then I'm going to do what may be an even longer series on the whole concept of UFOs and like everything that that means um, that I think I'm calling unidentified objects. But anyway, I'm, I'm still cogitating on that. That's going to be the next big one. That's 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 cool. It's a, you know, my stuff is all like single episode out. Mm-hmm. You could like pick up one of mine. I think I picked up your podcast. Maybe I, I caught it like on the third or fourth satanic panic episode. And I probably just looked for stuff about the satanic panic because yeah. I was looking for like other people's takes on it. And I think I just looked it up on Spotify and found it. I don't think I was like recommended by anybody. We got a fan uh, already of yours in our chat, oh, uh, chat in the that's... chat. Mercer B is like paranoid strain is really good. I can recommend. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks. That's uh, that's very kind. So, yeah. So <clears throat> my my show is anything but live and anything but spontaneous. I do a lot of research. The whole thing is scripted like the uh, I've got a Google Doc right now that is all of the all of the QAnon shows, which is around 186 pages. It's just a rolling document that um, I add to as I create new shows. Um, and um, I realized when I started the show that um, a lot of podcasts are middle-aged white guys uh, showing you how smart they are, and I definitely planned to do that with my show, so I figured they would be smart if I had someone else on the show who kind of could uh, take the piss out of me, Um, and so even though the show's scripted, I actually have a very kind friend of mine who is a lady who uh, is known as Dana Unicorn, and who, um, even though she's reading the lines that I wrote, uh, she's usually... um, uh, trying to puncture some of my, um, uh, more, uh, lofty, uh, pronouncements and assumptions. So that's, that's sort of the style of the show. It's got its own, um, uh, whole sort of, uh, there's a whole sort of menagerie of, of weird stuff around the show that if you've been a long time listener, you expect there's like little character drops and things like that, that occasionally happen. But it's, um, it's basically a show explaining conspiracy theories. And, and like our show music plays some role in your shows, which I, I noticed real quick. And I was like, that's cool. Because like a yeah. lot of shows, like they have a little theme song or whatever, but like otherwise music really plays no role. And there's definitely music plays yeah, we, a role. You were saying, I think you were saying beforehand that uh, you, that you 
that there's a small musical piece written about the subject matter for basically every show you put out. Yeah, I think there were three or four. That, so our uh, band leader is Daniel Arizona. Um, everybody on my show has a pseudonym, by the way. Um, we're all we're all anonymous. Um, <clears throat> uh, but Daniel Arizona writes basically all of our songs. And uh, so, yeah, usually there will be new songs for every uh, subset of the show. We're actually running through a period where I don't have them for a couple of episodes because we're doing a massive musical project that you and I were talking about offline that I'm not announcing yet, but that is coming out in the next couple of months that is going to be, um, it's by far the biggest thing that I've ever worked on. And it's, uh, I'm real proud of it so far. So I'm looking forward to sharing that. And we're looking forward to having you on maybe our local music show to talk about it when it's done. So that sounds great. Yeah. So that's, that's real cool. And I do hope everybody that's hearing this goes and checks out, uh, the, your show just for anybody who's listening on either the Plex feed or the intellectual dollar tree feed this is being recorded on a Thursday night during our cults and satanic panic show. That's live on Twitch does not go out as a podcast. Sometimes bits and pieces of it go out on like odyssey or if I'm feeling daring, maybe even YouTube. Um, but you should definitely check that out. We, we, and it's, I thought this would be the best match for, uh, Jesuit. And I was wondering, are you actually a Jesuit? I am not. Um, I was raised Catholic, but that is actually, uh, that is one of the pretensions that I was alluding to earlier. Um, uh, that is actually, um, it's an allusion to, uh, Ulysses by James Joyce. Um, so, uh, one of the characters refers to the other one as a fearful Jesuit. And, uh, that same buddy, Daniel Arizona used to use that epithet for me when we were in college. And so, um, so that's what, that's how I was, that that was my handle online before I started doing the show. Anyway, the conspiracy theorists love that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, that, that was, that was one of the things when I was doing that secret society series, um, as, as a guy who was, I, I mean, I'm not Catholic, but, uh, but I was definitely culturally Catholic. Right. And going through all of the history from the Templars to the Cathars, to the, um, Rosicrucians, to the Masons, to the Illuminati, the bad guys in every single story is the Catholic church every single time. Yeah, it's like Catholic almost church. never the secret society that's the bad guys. Well, the, the, you know, that, I mean, there's a lot of hate. I mean, it, trust me, I could talk about this for a long time, but yeah, like the Cathars were basically just, you know, sort of like latter day Gnostics who were basically minding their own business. And the Catholic church just went in there and, uh, just destroyed all of them. Um, you know, leading to a lot of conspiracy theories around that. Uh, the Rosicrucians were, there were Catholic versions of the Rosicrucians, but they were to a large extent, a reaction against sort of the mysticism of the Catholic church. Um, you know, the Masons are famously anti-Catholic, but that's for pretty good reasons because the Catholics wanted to like destroy them. Um, you know, and, uh, the Jesuits were almost kind of a secret, uh, army of the Catholic church. I have thought about doing a show just about the Jesuits at some point down the, down the road, because that is, uh, that's a very interesting topic as far as I'm concerned as well. What's always struck me as strange is the Jesuits have some pretty damn good universities. My God. Oh yeah. No, they're super smart. They're, they're largely, I think at this point, they're kind of a force for good. Um, they're, they're some of the more progressive and you'll find some of the more progressive and liberal aspects of the Catholic church within the Jesuits. And they're certainly, you know, the, the heavy emphasis on education, but at the time they were really kind of the strike force of, uh, you know, Catholic doctrine. And they were, they were designed to crush the arguments and uh, if necessary, the bodies of the Protestants. So, um, you know, they, they, it was no bueno for a while there. Well, you know, everybody's, every group of people large enough has got its own skeleton, right? Absolutely. So one, 
let's, I want to kind of get into the satanic panic stuff. One of the things sure. I noticed is that I guess I caught your show. Maybe, at, maybe the whole thing was kind of serendipitous because we've been doing this cults and satanic panic show. I it started out as a Scientology show, like I was telling you uh, off air. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up in satanic panic stuff just because it's like cults, satanic. It's just sort of the same kind of spooky, witchy, yeah. like, kind of like a lot of, a lot of goth DJs like this show because there's a whole contingent of like uh, EBM and like industrial music yeah. DJs that hang out on yeah. Twitch, and a lot of them like some of them have even been our uh, guest hosts in the past. So it's kind of like it's kind of neat because when I hear sometimes that you'll refer to events that happen, not only do I know about the event, but we seek out like source material. Like I'm not going to watch somebody's video on here that talks about what the satanic panic was. I'm looking for the stuff from the late seventies through maybe right. 1992 that aired on TV or that was maybe yeah. sent to you straight, straight via VHS to scare the shit out of you. Like, right. one of, like I, I think you referenced the uh, law enforcement guide to satanic. Oh, that thing cults. is hilarious. God, that thing's funny. We we've watched that twice. <laughs> so they, they, tell me, tell me that it wasn't one of the funniest things you've ever seen where that guy who was a supposed former satanic high priest just happens to wander into a park and sees every satanic sign that he needs. Just ha- they just happen to be all over the park. I don't know if you I think Vice did a write up on uh, like the the production assistant who was just sort of a just a guy looking for a job in LA who got, uh, who got, um, uh, into this thing. And he was like, yeah, I kind of got the feeling that he had been there, uh, setting everything up. And it's like, no, you, you don't say he, uh, he, he really arranged, uh, the, the whole park. So that it looked like Satanists had had an orgy there, you know, the, yeah. the moments before he arrived. Yeah. What I mean, we picked odds? up on that immediately. Like chat yeah. was like, chat was like, Oh, how'd that, how'd that symbol get there? Did you, you know, they're like, check his fingers for white paint, check his fingers for white paint. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah. That, that guy, um, I, I, I looked him up. He, uh, he had a a weird life and unfortunately, like, I I think he got hit by a car and died not that long ago, but, uh, he he was, yeah, he was, he just stayed in the evangelical circles for the rest of his, uh, career, just sort of banking on his supposed, um, former Satanism. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give away too much, but uh, you know that was filmed and about San Francisco. You've one hundred percent been to that park that they were in, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at the top of the hill on uh, Dubose, I believe. That's the that park. Yeah, not yeah, mistaken. That, that, yeah, so, I, th- I, I, I believe. Yeah, that that was the one that I, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, it's either that one or it's maybe you know when you're going from Market to the Hate at the very top of the hill. There's a park there too, but I think it's the one at the top of Dubose because I've spent a lot of time there consuming cannabis mm-hmm. in my youth. <laughs> and uh, now 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 i just do it at home like an adult but uh yeah california there, there were some other there were you know you of course you you couldn't go through that without bringing up the the book michelle remembers and um yeah we went we had gone back and watched some of the stuff uh the problem with that stuff is i have to absolutely pre-watch it before i air it here on twitch because not only does some of the imagery and it maybe run foul of the terms of service here, but there's also just some kinds of energy I don't want to put out there in the world. Yeah. And yeah. Some of it's I mean, gnar. some of it's pretty gnar. Yeah. And I, I assume, you know, like, uh, so, so that for the satanic panic series, I actually had two remarkably great interviews. Um, one was with, uh, Debbie Nathan who wrote, uh, uh, uh Satan's silence, uh, which was one of the big books that sort of started uh, 
turning the tide on the general cultural belief in this nonsense that that, you know, daycare, the innocent daycare workers were somehow uh, flying kids in airplanes to other towns while like during the day while they were supposedly at their daycares and like horrifically molesting them and then bringing them home and the parents had no idea and there were no marks on the kids like she was one of the first journalists who really started arguing against this and it was a very sort of perilous position to be in because all the da's and everything were like oh so you're objectively pro you know child rape and she was like no i just (laughs) you know how sometimes sometimes history doesn't just rhyme it's the same song Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's she's she told me that, you know, now with QAnon coming around, she is, of course, still legendarily, you know, the same people hate her because of the satanic panic. And of course, she doesn't she she has no truck with QAnon. But she said it's even more scary because now it's just like weirdos who you have no idea who they are, who like absolutely know who she is because she is famous in these circles for doing this. But she was a remarkably good interview. And then I also interviewed this guy named Justin Sledge, who um has a lot of similarities with my background. We both happen to have gone to high school in uh, Mississippi, the state of Mississippi in the 1990s. And um, he, in addition to being a, like a, a renowned expert, he has a show uh, on YouTube called Esoterica. And uh, it's great if you're interested in like any sort of um, oddball, uh you know, just sort of esoteric knowledge, hermetic uh, knowledge, like any of that stuff. He is uh, sort of a materialist, like he, you know, in the philosophical sense, he's not a spiritual guy. He's not a religious guy, but he is super interested in the way that people have approached these sorts of topics and this kind of knowledge uh, historically. And he's a serious scholar and he has a great, great channel. But I happen to see on his YouTube channel, and this is why I reached out to him, that he was caught up in a late satanic panic um, uh scenario where he was uh, a guy he knew at his school was one of the early school shooters of the 90s like pre-columbine 97 uh shot his a girl that his ex-girlfriend and his mother and like several other kids and then like dumped his manifesto in front of justin sledge as a teenager the the guy who is esoterica now and he was arrested spent like 40 days in jail and they the the local cops tried to build an argument that because he and other people like him like listen to you know grunge music or like he was photocopying latin texts and things like this that the whole thing was some sort of satanic scenario where even the original perpetrator was like that's bullshit i don't know what you're talking about and they eventually had to you know there was no apology but he he literally had his life wrecked as a teenager he was he was not only a great interview in terms of subject matter expertise, but he literally had been through the ringer on this. So between the two uh, interviews, I, I really feel like I got a good feel for how damaging all of this stuff was. You know what I kind of discovered, and um, I don't I haven't really heard too terribly many people talk about, is this whole time the FBI was telling these local police departments to fucking stop it. Yeah, <laughs> they were. It was like the opposite of the X Files was going on at the FBI, right? Like they were like, "This yeah. is not a satanic cult." You, yeah, you, you they, they were some of the earliest people that figured it out. Well, because they could compare these things across each other. And it's like, oh, none of them have evidence. And they all have the same patterns where the kids uh, don't don't have any stuff. 
you know, any of these memories. And then a parent gets, a, 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 you know, a, a burr in their ass about something being hinky. And then the kid starts producing stories because the adult seems to expect the stories to happen. And then you tell other kids that other kids are telling stories and they start telling the stories and they they, they believe them. You end up with these scenarios where these there's these like 40 year old, 50 year old adults who have lived their whole lives believing that they had these horrendous molestations happen to them only to like if they ever confront it look at this stuff and you know there are a couple of really good podcasts on this topic um like a one from the cbc where they contacted people who had been the accusers as kids and they were just like man i never really thought about it but none of this actually happened and and imagine how traumatic that is to figure out like you know 30 years later um and try and work that into your life this the, the whole story is just uh, hugely tragic you know, though, that's, I think, the main difference, if I had to point to a big difference between the 80s a Satanic Panic and, like, Pizzagate QAnon, is that we don't actually have um, the, the, uh, the, the part of it where there are children making the accusations anywhere. Right. No, no, it's, it's entirely fabricated. Like, it's... Well, but they, you know, this is this is the internet age, right? You that, but on the other hand, like um, you do have the kids saying the stuff, but the more you dig into the satanic panic, like the the DAs would deliberately they stopped recording the interviews because they were so damaging to their own cases because it was so clear to anybody who listened to the interviews with the kids that the kids didn't have any of these memories until they were fed to them. So it became a deliberate plan to not record them because then they wouldn't have to share them with the defense. So, you know, it, it is a total it's a total difference in in terms of like where the things are coming from. And, and the fact that at least there were accusations, this, you know, QAnon is entirely built on air. Like it's 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 effervescent. It's nothing. Right. Um, but. But even then, you know, if you're looking at the actual like the the, the bones of the cases, there, there's nothing there either in, in the satanic panic. Right. And I think that I think that, you know, there was it was going to be pretty hard, I think, for this QAnon movement. I think, first of all, I think a lot of the people don't like have young children. So, yeah, I, it's and this is just my sort of personal sampling of it. And I don't think there's been any really uh, good research on it yet. QAnon tends to skew more the people whose uh, kids would be grown up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, it does QAnon largely seems like a, <laughs> to, to use an epithet boomer phenomenon, or, you know, I am also Gen X. It's, I think it's a Gen X and boomer phenomenon more than it is anything else. Um, there are young QAnon influencers. And one of the things that I think is most interesting about that, and I'm planning to hit this uh, toward the end of this series when I catch up on all the QAnon stuff since the last time I talked about them. But one of the things that that in terms of the young people who did get involved, and I do think this is fading now, as, as all things do, but uh, for a while, fitness and wellness and, you know, like yoga Instagram had a huge contingent of QAnon people. And it was weird how it was a carryover where some of them very cynically, and there's a lot of cynicism among a lot of QAnon people, I, I find, um, it was a cash grab. It was like um, more views, more clicks. Um, so if you were trying to start out as a fitness influencer, throwing some QAnon stuff in there was a good way to get a larger audience. And so that, in you know, essentially sort of spread it through that, that, uh, that channel, you know. Yeah, uh, Julian and Matt, and I forget the other the other guy over at Conspirituality. Their whole show is based on that phenomena, essentially. Yeah, 
That, yeah. sh- that show's real good. And I, you know, I kind of knew what was going on. I, you know, I think Instagram's a big blind spot for me because I just can't stand it. I don't know why. So yeah, I, when that, I'm, I'm not in, on Instagram either. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, unfortunately my very onlineness has me completely addicted to Twitter. <laughs> I just could never quit Twitter, but it's good for this podcast. If I'm on there throwing bombs and stuff, you know, one of the big things that was similar, if, if you remember, they were like, after the McMartin thing ended and before they tore the school down or whatever, there were people there digging under the school looking for the tunnels. Do you remember that? Yeah. So I actually had a bit of follow-up about that. So that was um, a former, uh, like, a big-time guy in the FBI whose name is escaping me right now, but he had decided. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy, the guy uh, that he, went complete, like, satanic panic, like, he, just, just. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a parallel today. I guess I can't really, but yeah, somebody who threw away any credibility they had. Yeah, I think he was also general. I think he was also general, like right wing Bircher ish, um, yeah. like stuff, uh, uh, overall. I, I did a whole thing on the Birchers also, uh, toward the beginning of this series, because I think they are, their paranoia feeds, uh, uh is, is a straight line to QAnon as well. We did a couple um, videos about the John Birch society on the intellectual dollar tree. Cause on, on that show, actually talking about Jordan Peterson or the Weinsteins or Sam Harris week in, week out, you got to you got to throw in something a little different every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, so. well, they're, they're interesting. Bob Welch, uh, there was a really, really good, I interviewed the guy who did the latest um, biography on that guy. And uh, that was a man who stuck to his guns. Like, say what you will about him. He was not a cynic. He he threw basically a large fortune, uh, you know, so, you know. Uh, self-made man type thing, but he he threw basically all of his money into promoting the John Birch Society because he really believed it. Like he, uh, so anyway, a, a Mike Lindell type figure, sort of. Yeah, I think he was a lot smarter. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, no, Mike, Mike Lindell. Lindell. I mean, I don't, I didn't, I don't mean, I don't mean in a, an affect or a <laughs> no, no, but true believer. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's totally and, and fair. Throwing I mean, for, away by all by by all indications, throwing away his fortune for something he believes in. Oh, oh, yeah, and and, and, and you know, for for Welch, um, uh, Reagan was not nearly conservative enough because he had. Uh, he, I think it's because he had passed. Um, uh, no fault control. divorce and abortion stuff um, when he was governor of California. So he was a non-entity for the Birchers after that. I think um, Reagan had a gay friend too. Yeah. That, that's also a big no, no. Also he was yeah. out of the actor's union. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, oh, so sorry. Uh, just circling back to the, to the panic. Um, one of the things that I, um, that I did want to mention is um, that if you go back to the very beginning of when I started talking about this, and like I said, I think it ended up being like, six episodes of the show the very first one that i talked about was be it and this is because of my interview with justin sledge and then some other stuff i'm i'm super fascinated by the way that the old and new testament actually came into being having been raised um uh catholic um and you know learning how the things actually assembled according to sort of mainstream scholarship and so uh I did this whole section that was basically about um, human sacrifice and how fundamentally this is a fear and an accusation that groups of humans have been throwing at each other since our earliest recorded times. And there's a lot of redactions in the Bible that make it clear that human sacrifice was a totally going concern among those groups 
uh, out of who out of which the Israelites emerged, and that's why they were throwing so much shade at uh, you know Baal and all of the Canaanite gods. They they wanted human sacrifice, and that's because kind of all of the gods at one time, including maybe Yahweh, were uh, good on human sacrifice, and then later on they became very anti that, and so it was a way to tar your enemies. But then of course human sacrifice became part of the accusations against Christians by the Romans because uh, they. You know, they were accused of, uh, uh, I quoted Bart Ehrman on this, who, if you haven't heard Bart Ehrman, he's a super genius and I love him. He's a New Testament scholar, great guy. Um, but he was talking about the, the Romans um, accused the early Christians of incest and cannibalism. And the reason is, and if you were raised in any sort of Christian environment, you'll recognize this. They called each other brother and sister and would embrace, you know, like hug each other. They had they had all of their meetings after, you know, they're working people who were in the early Christian church. And so they could only have their meetings at night. So it was like shady and at night. And then they they ate the body and drank the blood of the sun. So it was they, they accused them of literally eating infants, <laughs> but it was because they were misunderstanding religious doctrine. And then, of course, the Christians went on to do essentially the same thing to the Jews for thousands of years. A blood libel. And, yeah, yeah, blood, blood that's libel. What, that's the term blood libel. People, William I, of Norwich. Yeah, I forget, the, what, the whole, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, like before all this Pizzagate stuff, I, I hadn't even thought about the idea of blood libel. And I want to say it was Michelle Bachman, like accused her opponent of blood libel, but she didn't have any fucking clue what it meant. Yeah, you know yes, what I'm saying? Yes. She that, wasn't, that she, actually she sounds wasn't, right. She used the term without having any context for what it meant. Yeah, right. Yeah. She wasn't accusing that person of basically an right. anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, you know, that has basically <laughs> fueled every moral panic ever since that conspiracy theory happened, right? Somebody in the chat, by the way, wrote as opposed to blood slander, and I think that's very funny. One of them, <laughs> oh, you the know, here the blood libel is is written. The blood slander is spoken. No, so blood libel. Just just in case there's anybody who doesn't know, very briefly, is the accusation that every Easter uh, Jews would secretly kill Christian children because their blood was required in order to make matzah. Which, of course, is a horrific lie. That, yes, it's quite bad. Uh, that just to be very, very clear, that is a horrible, and a lot of people have died, uh, uh, unfortunately, in violence based on that complete lie. But that whole, that same fear, that fear of like children and blood and innocence and, you know, all of that, the darker side of human nature, and that combined with women going into the workforce and having to leave their kids with, um, with daycares for the first time on mass, like middle-class women having to do that because, you know, there was a two earner household starting in the seventies that directly fed all of these things fed directly into what eventually became the satanic panic, which is again, just a long line, a long line of blood libel, moral panics. It doesn't need to, I just use that as a, like a catch all for like when the, when the moral panic is about someone or some shady group, usually ritualistically or because of some in the QAnon's case, I think they just think it's because of their politics are, well, it's, uh, are, it's are hurting your they kids need them to and stay drink, young. And yeah. dr drinking yeah. your yeah. blood specifically. I used yeah. to joke around that Peter Thiel drinks the blood of the young to try to stay young, but I probably shouldn't have done that. That was bad. <laughs> Te technically Peter Thiel did fund a project where he, that like the, the 
experimental research, and I'm being very careful here, was the consideration that it's possible that transfusions from volunteers who are younger might delay the aging process in older people. And he was pouring money into that because Peter Thiel does want to live forever. So people have used this to say Peter Thiel is a vampire. That is not accurate, (laughs) but he is very interested in not dying. And he's got a lot of money to put behind that. Is it okay with you if I just believe that Peter Thiel is a vampire? I mean, I'm totally comfortable with it, honestly. (laughs) You got to pick your battles. Um, you know what? I'm just really glad that he's not Jewish, to be perfectly honest. Uh, that story. No. I'm yeah, not, I know. No, it's true. Yeah. I, it, it's, I mean, I don't like no, him, but true. I don't think that he or any, you know, if he happened to be Jewish, I don't think he should be subject to that kind of that kind of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? No. no and and anytime you have anybody that can be slotted into that, who also happens, you know, can be slotted into a conspiracy theory who also happens to be Jewish. It's always worse than it is if the person isn't just because. I, 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 this is Jesuits maxim of, uh, conspiracy theory underpinnings. Um, it, and this is, uh, after basically a lifetime of being fascinated by conspiracy theories and researching them, I guarantee you that every large scale conspiracy theory at some point boils down to blaming one of three groups or a mixture of them. It's either the Jews, the Illuminati or the aliens, every goddamned one of them most of them are the jews and sometimes and they're people not, are those aren't mutually exclusive either oh no 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 not at all <laughs> Some, those sometimes could actually just be the same people for all you know yeah well it, so so you and i were talking about uh, uh bill cooper earlier uh the the famous uh conspiracy theorist um offline and he was a big believer in the protocols of the elders of Zion, but he was one of those people who insisted this is not about Jews. He he was not to his credit for, I mean, he, there are some questionable things he said at various points because the guy was very angry, but he didn't seem to be in his heart an anti-Semite, but um, he did love the, the, I, I'm, the first full show I ever really did was on the protocols of the elders of Zion. And that is the book that under, I mean, that is the Ur conspiracy book. Like if you, it, it is the perfect conspiracy theory book, which means that even conspiracy theorists and they're a smaller number than would be ideal who aren't anti-Semites. Many of them still have to embrace the protocols and say, it's not about the Jews. It's about this other group. And it's just been wrongly assigned to the Jews because it is such a perfect encapsulation of the conspiracist mindset that they can't not use it. Like if you're a conspiracy theorist and you think that way, this is a perfect distillation of what you think is going on. Whoever you want to blame it on. And it's usually the Jews. It's usually the Jews. Do you know about, there's this guy named Stephen D. Kelly. Did you come across him in any of your looking into QAnon? Um, I'm trying to think. The name sounds vaguely familiar, but... Uh... He, he does a thing called Truth Cat Radio, but he's the big proponent of the idea that there are tunnels under the Getty Museum. Oh, no, no, no. So I have heard the tunnels under the Getty Museum theory, but I'm not recognizing this guy's name. I'll, I'll have to look into him when well, I... We, we found him way before any of this because he had like a whole chemtrails arc and so we were oh. like, making fun of him for that so like chemtrails <laughs> chemtrails is on my list of conspiracy like if anybody's going to believe any conspiracy theories that's one that i would prefer they believe because nobody gets shot over chemtrails you would like, think so well uh, i don't know there were, there were several shot over literally chemtrails. people literally people attacked meteorologists 
Oh, Jesus. Sorry, I, I didn't turn those up during, <laughs> during my research. But, of course, I should have thought that. You, I really, mean, want to, you, you know, really want a downer view on the, the chemtrails. So uh, you, should, I, you, you should have me on your show to talk about chemtrails. Oh. I, we've been following this cast of characters for a long time with them. And they're, you would think that they wouldn't be dangerous. But the problem is there's a, like a, it's like a limited audience and it's a big clout chase for the people who are creating the content. And so oh. in that case, as is always the case, they just all keep upping the ante. And so like yeah. a lot of them got sucked up into QAnon. And I think chemtrails sometimes is the top of the funnel, actually. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Like they, it, it, and it, that for a long time, at least JFK assassination theories, which many totally reasonable people believe JFK That's assassination the, conspiracies. The I I do not believe any, and I, I I believe Oswald shot him with three shots from a book depository. And in case you're wondering why I think that, there's a three and a half hour show in my feed that explains it in excruciating detail. So, um, but uh, I've seen the X Files. I know it was the smoking man. Of course, it was the cigarettes. Um, uh, the uh, uh, as far as chemtrails go, I put my show out back in 2018, um, and I bet that. Since then, with the sort of, you know, militarization of all other conspiracy theories, it probably has gotten a lot, you know, harsher than it was back when I looked at it. So that's been our like main like that's the th it's like been our pet conspiracy theory. And I think it's because the people in that movement are pretty good rattles. It's like if they hear you're talking about them, they they'll immediately mm. do a video about you. And like, oh, I yeah. like that. I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. But, sure. Um, what actually happened was like right around the time that QAnon showed up, the chemtrails movement sort of died out. I think that hmm. QAnon, like the content creators weren't able to like get, a, get like enough views or, you know, people to join their Patreon. And so they kind of stopped making any money at it. And I think Q just kind of sucked up all the oxygen in the room. And now that Q's kind of dying out, we're noticing 2023 is going to be the year that chemtrails come back. And yeah, well, QAnon, QAnon is dying out, but that that was that was actually kind of my thesis going into this series on Q is that, you know, when it is vital, QAnon has a unique ability to eat other conspiracy theories like it can just swallow them whole and make them part of the QAnon. You know, it's like the Borg uh, from Star Trek of conspiracy theories because it's so eminently flexible because it's complete horseshit based on absolute nonsense that only you would. You have to be real, real dumb to think QAnon like the, the, the some of the core things that QAnon believes are true. I, I have uh, consistently said Flat Earth is the dumbest possible conspiracy theory, but QAnon is right up there like the 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 adrenochrome out of kids. The the you know, I mean, the, that's just whole, that's just blood libel. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's of just... course. But, well, so so I, I saw a, <laughs> I went down an interesting thread that apparently a lot of them got this whole idea from the film, probably because they probably didn't read the book of fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, because that was the mainstream mention of adrenochrome. And that does have the bullshit version where you like you get it from a scared, you know, person right before they die. Uh, but that, of course, was written by Hunter S. Thompson as a sort of satire of, <laughs> you know, like the, the drug culture and, and everything else. And. Anyone who takes that as literal is um, 
crazy. I did uh, I did use movie, as an illustration. Movie. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, uh, uh, Terry Gilliam, uh, just an unstoppable machine there for a while. Um, uh, I did illustrate um, what I believed the QAnon people thought this project was like using the audio from the dark crystal that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, when the evil Skeksis guys suck all the life force out of that uh, little innocent podling guy and it goes into a tube. Um, and even just the audio of that was enough to give me nightmares afterward when I, uh, cause man, you see stuff when you're a kid, it, it, uh, it just sticks with you. If anyone else knows what scene I'm talking about and saw it as a kid, it, that that one will fuck you up like those they're just sucking the life force out of those puppets it's very upsetting i you know what movie I, I saw this thing called the secret of nim when i was a child and it traumatized me did you ever oh, see that, that one's also terrifying yeah <laughs> i don't know why they should yeah, let the children the, the big mean rat fighting with the sword yeah that scared the hell out of me well, you and the, i seem like we might be similar ages so yeah we, we probably are and it was just the darkest fucking movie i've ever seen oh yeah anyway um I wanted to kind of get to like, you know how we were saying that QAnon is sort of dying and I, yeah. maybe, maybe I kind of glossed over my view on that because people in chat, they, they're, they're being nice tonight because there's a guest here. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't mean that it's gone. In fact, I kind of think that it kind of splashed out over society in a way. So it's not as deep anymore and the, people don't have mm -hmm. to believe in like all of the weird esoteric lore and some of the core ideas yeah. of it have now are so far disconnected from what was written on 4chan by whoever the hell wrote it on 4chan and now it's manifesting itself unfortunately in yet another moral panic and, and this time oh not this time again it's about people like me queer people yeah yeah well so so yeah they they have clearly just kind of rolled all of the angst of QAnon into this sort of culturally conservative anti quote woke. And then of course, trans panic uh, scenario that is driving right wing politics right now. But it is also surprising to me, the, 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 the farther you dig into the most pro Trump reactionary evangelical, uh, folks the more you find truly doctrinaire q stuff still very much out there like you you have people i mean some of those folks not only believe q but also uh essentially uh, they're they're on the verge of declaring trump like the messiah we, we're getting to a point of literal like christians from their own perspective it's like idolatry at some point like they have they they have crossed some sort of Rubicon in their minds with the sort of Trump worship. And by the way, the other thing that seems to have jumped the QAnon shark also is the idea that JFK Jr., who is so weirdly integral to a lot of QAnon theorizing, is um, like he the idea that he's alive and working with Trump is in crazy MAGA outside of QAnon now, like it has made some sort of leap so that it is like present uh consistently uh, among the sort of like the the looney tunes groups and yeah. it's so crazy because that guy was like old money very liberal that guy probably fucking hated donald trump oh of course he did i don't <laughs> his, know like i don't know his, if there was beef or whatever but that guy like his magazine was for like liberal liberal yeah. forward-thinking men there was already pro-gay stuff in his magazine yeah. like there were gay people in his social that guy would have hated donald trump oh of course yeah, but they but so 
this is this tells you a lot about who the ideal target QAnon viewer is, right? It's a person who, when they were a kid, looked up to John Kennedy. So that makes that person a certain age, right? Right. Um, you're basically talking boomers there. And then who have become extremely conservative in their later age and are therefore recasting the legacy of the liberal you know, president that they loved in their youth with this imagined reincarnated version of his very handsome son who somehow has adopted all of the same prejudices and political viewpoints that they themselves have over the course of their decades of getting more conservative. Like it's a, it's a really weird scenario. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's delicious. Like, oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it I just lap this stuff up. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, they, I, you know, I, you do your shows about Scientology. Back when I was in college, uh, we ran an independent uh, humor magazine at, at my university, and I did a cover story on Scientology back when there was no internet, and it was just the books that were coming out, like. Uh, Clear Blue Sky and some of the early exposés. I've interviewed John Atack, the author of that book. I've interviewed. Oh, him really? Twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, he's he's so a like, great get. If you do Scientology on your show, hit me up. I can, I can. Yeah, I've never quite known whether to think of Scientology as a conspiracy theory or not. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a scam and it's a religion, and those things are certainly not mutually the, exclusive. But the, the but, songs about it would be amazing. Yeah, that, no, that's 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 definitely true. But like, they, there's a, I I, I uh, try and stick to a fairly strict definition of what I'm what I'm going to do as a conspiracy theory. Though on the other hand, it is my goddamn show. So when I get a burr in my satellite, I just do whatever I want to. So for example, if you go back through my feed, there are two episodes. It's two of my favorite episodes that I did. I call the reality shows that are essentially since i think of my show as defense of reality against all foes um foreign and domestic i did two shows that were about how little we actually understand reality because i figured that would be an honest way to deal with that topic and so i did like you know sort of the the way that science and philosophy have dug and further and farther and farther and gotten farther and farther from understanding what reality is at like a basic level we don't really know um, and then I did a follow-up episode that was essentially concerned with Philip K. Dick and his experiences with Valus and uh, and Gnosticism, which if you're if you're not familiar with those things, it sounds like they would be very much up your alley. Um, and also j- just sort of a history of Christian Gnosticism. So those are also in the feed if you want some non-conspiracy theory content from my show. Yeah, and I think that um, you know Scientology is just one of my. You, if you, if you met me at a dinner party, you would, at some point I would have, I would make some crack about Scientology. Like it's just, oh, it's I, just who I, I am, find so. it fascinating. I, I really do. Like it is, it is super interesting. It, it and Mormonism, I think, are are very, very interesting because to the people who aren't in them, they seem so easy, so so absolutely risible, so easy just to like a house of cards that instantly falls apart because they were invented in an era of mass media. And all that shows me is that if you dig far enough into any of the major faiths and you go back to the actual point where they were incepted, I guarantee you they looked pretty ridiculous until they got established. 
right? Like what's these. That old, what's that old joke? I think a cult becomes a religion when they kill a few million people and force their beliefs on a few million others. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so. Let's hope. Let's hope that never happens for Scientology. That's all. I'm yeah. Saying. I don't. I'm not. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm not interested in worshiping Xenu or fighting the Xenu or whatever. I know he's the bad guy, but what? Like he's 75 trillion years old. How are you going to beat Xenu? Like so that's, there is. There's a really interesting uh, piece of content that we ran here, but we also ran it on our show about the intellectual dark web. And it's the only interview that uh, David Miscavige, the uh, leader of Scientology, ever took. And it was with Ted Koppel. And uh, Ted Koppel kind of stuck it to him. Is did it, he mention Xenu? Uh, he, I don't think he did. And I don't think, I think this was from like 1991. So it was before yeah, so all this been, stuff about yeah, it had, yeah, yeah. hit the mass media. But it was... It was great. You can find it on YouTube. I, re- you know, I recommend it to anybody because oh, of course, you, yeah, some of the great. some of the sort of ways in which David Miscavige would try to shirk off questions and act like he was victimized by even asking the question at all. Just yeah. like a conspiracy theorist will use that tactic. Uh, people like the intellectual dark web people will use that tactic if they're mm-hmm. criticized. And it was just kind of neat to look back and be like, you know, I see. You know, I see shades of what this guy is doing in other things that we talk about. It's kind of neat. Like nothing's really new. It's 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 kind of crazy. Oh no, that's uh, that, that. I think Saint Paul did get that one right. Everything's done under the sun. Um, the I think I actually quoted Pink Floyd instead of Saint Paul there, but it's the that's same fine. concept. Um, uh, yeah. So no, it's it's all cyclical. Um, and the more that I've done, you know, the the more that I've researched these topics, the more I've discovered that. I mean, sovereign citizens are coming back. Um, they kind of faded for a while there, and they seem to be coming back in force now. Um, or at least there's a lot more content about sovereign citizens on YouTube, I find, than there was uh, uh, like pre-pandemic. We cover um, the like the the most batshit sovereign citizen. Her name is Lenka Coloma. She was. Oh, I of, love Lenka Coloma. Oh, she's you know the one who refuses you know to pay her parking tickets. Yeah, yeah. No, um, she's, because she's like on they, the run now. You know that, right? She's on the no, run. No, 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 no. I'm not up to date on this. I'm sorry. People, what, because, what she, because she might she might be basic. My chat was like, live, laugh, lay low. <laughs> 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 well, no, what what happened? What, so it, she uh, went, did you see the meeting she had with Mr. City of San Clemente? Yeah, I, I saw her demanding to talk to Mr. City of San Clemente. Oh, I didn't she got know a meeting f- with not Mr. City of San Clemente, but with some lawyers or people uh-huh. from the fucking DA's office or something. Is and, this uh, all still just the parking ticket she won't pay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, it's so funny. My co-host, Media Wench Ashley, does just such a funny uh, impression of that lady. But she's like, she's, yeah, she's like, I don't know. I can't tell where she is. She's with some biker guy. Like if you went and watched a YouTube video of hers, you'd be like, what the hell's going on? Well, she is. I think she's on the run for her because she didn't pay her parking ticket. Oh my God. Like what? Like the, how many videos can you see of sovereign citizens just turning very simple traffic stops into traumatic taser and like window break uh, scenarios before like, why would anyone be attracted to that? It's like, yeah, I want to do that. I also want to be dragged out of my car on some bullshit. Um, I think it might they, be the so, same reason people are drawn to cults or conspiracy theories. I yeah. know something you don't know. 
They, yeah, they, and, and they think I'm willing have to put like my the... body on the line to be, you know, one of the, the brave truth tellers. Um, the, the, uh, on the topic of sovereign citizens, uh, the original germ of an idea for that eventually became my show was the, the idea that I wanted to do a brief animated YouTube short explaining like uh, why Wesley Snipes went to jail. Right. And like it it is still one of my favorite stories ever that Wesley Snipes so didn't want to pay taxes that he let himself be convinced that he didn't have to based on theories that were originally constructed by people who were avowed racists, like uh, no. a, a white supremacist. Yeah, yeah. So he ended up going to jail because he bought into what is fundamentally white supremacist rhetoric. And that is just so weird. Chad right? wants to know what you're snacking on. She said, great crunch. Okay, so um, I am an ice obsessive, and I apologize for that. I was trying to do it farther away from the oh, uh, no. the microphone. But I have, um, so I uh, I have said since I was young that my midlife crisis purchase was going to be a an ice machine that made the good ice. And by the good ice, I mean sonic ice for... Any of you who know what I'm talking about, the little nugget ice that's very crunchy. Then a few years ago, I found out that somebody had actually created a desktop version of this thing so I didn't have to buy the Buick-sized one that I was expecting I was going to have to and throw it in my garage. So there is actually something called the GE. Uh, I think it's made by GE now. They bought the people who did it. But it's the Opal Ice Maker, and it makes these tiny little nugget ices. And it's the great joy of my life to sip on soda or fizzy water with... Um, the crunchy ice in them and chew them as I go. So that is, it's, it's, it's called the, okay. I see. I, I know you want the link. Just look it up. It's the Opal <laughs> ice machine. Uh, it's really good. I I've got one. My mom has one. They're, they're really, really good. Cool. And um, I guess before we, before we get out of here, um, mm -hmm. don't worry, live viewers, we're not going anywhere. It's just the podcast is an hour long. Uh, <laughs> do you see like kind of signs of hope anywhere? Do you see like, uh, place do you yeah do you see signs of hope as far as like conspiracism and like sort of cult like groups of people online um you know i i i am an optimistic guy by um by temperament i i just sort of always feel optimistic but i will admit that um that for a while there, I was really worried about QAnon. I am much less worried about QAnon now. And I think that QAnon is so dangerous that as long as they're fading, um, I'm not as worried about other conspiracy theories. There's something about QAnon that is so unhinged and yet connected to real world figures that it Im that it implies real world violence in a way that I think a lot of other conspiracy theories don't. So really, I'm just heartened by the fact that as I've been working on this stuff about QAnon, it seems to have been fading because they're the ones that I feel like are the most likely to develop a body count, you know, a, a, yep. of the currently popular ones. So, yeah, that is I mean, my optimism. I, the <clears throat> the only other the only other movement that I think that I was that came up that I was like more like more concerned about was like the uh, like kind of incel manosphere movement. Yeah, yeah, I, I have come to consider for a while there I resisted doing them, but I think I'm going to cover them because they are in fact a conspiracy theory like they have a series of unsupported ideas that they use to gloss over actual reality and just write on top of it 
of, of you that they consider absolute and that if you don't believe it, you're an idiot. Right. So that that is definitely a conspiracy theory by the time you get there. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I, I think the incels are super dangerous on their own, but they the the thing that I was worried about with uh, the incels, you know, I think are a self-selecting group. The thing I was worried about with QAnon is there were some fairly reasonable middle of the road people who seemed to be just falling into this thing and coming out the other side, like raving. Uh, I think about. the difference is money. I, there, I think there was yeah, there yeah. was there was money in QAnon, and there was so wasn't much money. money. Yeah, the manosphere was such there was a some big money grift. kind of in YouTube, yeah. sort of in that. So when mm-hmm. like uh, like during Gamergate, when a lot of the uh, YouTube skeptics kind of crossed over into doing videos about Zoe Quinn for whatever reason, but that uh, but that they weren't gonna, like they weren't going to bring in any women, right? So they had they had already yeah. limited their pool by fifty percent. So no, that's that's absolutely true. Yeah, um, uh, and and uh, yeah, it's the the and besides that, the the money really in that area is more on the side of like the alpha male uh, be be like me uh, uh, dating ad, you know shitty dating advice side like that's where that yeah. money is right the guy who wrote the game or whatever yeah 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 exactly yeah and I was I always answer the question myself strangely enough I'm like a lifelong uh, atheist I see actually kind of hope coming out of the liberal and progressive church in the United States right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, so, so, well, so that, that's another thing that I think is interesting because like the mainstream church, uh, which especially sort of the more liberal parts of it, like my parents are, are a liberal Catholic and a liberal Presbyterian, but that is the part of the church that seems to be really dying away in favor of more sort of secular, not necessarily people who would call themselves atheists, like say you or I might, but, um, more, uh, like to just call themselves like nuns, right? That that just have no interest in religion. Like that 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 I think is becoming the dominant thing. But the other thing that's happening is, at the same time, creationism is increasing. Right. But it's increasing because those who are staying religious are getting more and more hardcore. You know. So so in in like. So like in terms, you can also see this in like Christian apologetics because there's the rise of this thing called presuppositionalism as a philosophical argument, which is basically like you have to assume my God in order to make sense of anything and therefore I don't have to give you any evidence. So like the more hardcore versions of the religious and crazy and whatever are happening because more people are pulling out of that. So it's it's an interesting like it's. You know, it's like a toughening or callousing of the people who are staying in there into ever crazier positions. Huh. You're the second person that when I, I had Ina of, of Polite Conversations, I don't know if you're aware of her uh, show. Uh, she also kind of gave the same answer. Like, basically, no, actually, the, it seems like religion is getting more fundamentalist as people leave. That's but strange. smaller. Yeah, but, it's, yeah it's smaller, but more fundamentalist. Yeah, but that's funny. I guess maybe my bias or maybe the reason I think that the hope coming there might be hope coming out of more liberal or mainstream churches is that every time I watch one of these fucking meetings where people are up there yelling about trans kids or gay kids, yeah, or critical race yeah. theory, like at some point, some nice priest comes up there and goes, that's true. What are you all doing? What are you yeah. what are you doing? What, maybe yeah. that's why I think there's maybe it's just a no, sampling no, no. I, error based on the I, uh, content that I've been consuming. I think the people who are there are very, very important because they speak the language of the people who are the sort of hardcore religious. And I think they are. They, I, I didn't mean to discount that at all. I just think that that group particularly is shrinking. Like yeah, that's they, what I meant. They, I mean, no, it's yeah. fine that you you both yeah. you both said the same thing, actually. You and I know you're like, uh, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think that group's shrinking <laughs> and that's fine. I think you it, know? important, but shrinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't say important. I thought there was hope coming out of like I thought that. 
you know, I thought, and, and I'm just, maybe I'm no, wrong. People, maybe maybe if, I'll, take, I'll take a deeper look at that. If you look at them, typically fundamentalists go straight atheist because they go from believing every single thing to, oh, no, it was bullshit. I'm out. Like, that's, huh. that's more, that's a more likely path for a lot of people than into progressive versions of the religion. Like, less, less and uh, more, maybe, you know, there's churches where there are more people who would be like, I'm an agnostic Catholic or I, you know, yeah, I'm not. yeah. Or like a cultural Jew, like a, a yeah. secular Jew, that kind of or thing. Or yeah. even just reform. Or like a Unitarian. Yeah. Or, who, who's like Unitarians are cool. Yeah. It's like God, <laughs> no God. I don't know. We're just going to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good. That's good. My mom went to one of those churches when I was a kid. I think she also went to the, cause the remember atheists had to have these little weird, like cover names. My mom was also, I think went to the brights they were called yeah that yeah or, or or humanists yeah that was also a very popular like 1970s version well cool we're at about an hour here i want to thank you for joining me this evening thank you for taking the time and thank you for showing up so quick after i reached out that was pretty cool oh it was great uh that you know i happened to to have uh, this evening free um all of a sudden and i'm really glad you were able to make a slot it was great talking to you this was a fantastic conversation yeah i think um, so too i, I think the people and i'll i'll send you a, i'll send you a copy of it after you can do whatever you want with it or nothing Thanks. at all Thanks. So yeah, it, uh, basically, just say I just want to send you know the people who are fans of my show to your link. So just you know, send me my send me the link, and I'll promote it in my my group and and uh, on the show and stuff. So yeah, thanks. This has been a great conversation. I definitely yeah. uh, I definitely want to have you on again. Really enjoyed it. And when that music you know, project we'll, gets done, I think I yeah, want to have you on to talk about. Maybe that. we'll come back on. I maybe I can even bring um, our music guy yeah. uh, with me on that because he he'll have a lot to say about. Uh, this is a guy that I've known for like thirty something years, and he has just uh, jumped a couple of levels in terms of. Uh, songwriting i'm really impressed with the way he's putting stuff together so well if you're if you're a bear if you're a bay area musician uh, i have incentive to keep in touch anyway so <laughs> yeah speaking well of bay area really musicians, nice you. Uh, it was what? great to talk to you i'll talk to you again yeah. soon speaking of bay area musicians this is uh satabria this is song is called break the universe take a quick break and i'll come back and i don't know we'll watch something terrifying on uh youtube odyssey or some other website thanks again for joining me
If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support.